Are you ready to get empowered? Of course you are. Well, you've picked the right time and the right place. It's time now for Francina Hallris and the Empowered Family Talk program. Spend the next hour with Francina and learn things that you need to know. Hall rest, and this is Empowered Family Talk. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Good day. To all of our listeners and sponsors, and welcome back to Empowered Family Talk. On this lovely day of Monday, January 22nd, 2018. Our scripture for today is Matthew 5, 43 through 48, which is a segue to our topic today. Advance in the dream. We the people as we pay it forward in the 21st century. Are we prepared? I'm delighted today to be joined by uh, our guest, our special featured guest, uh, along with Jack Bishop and Dr. Eugene Victor Mafo. Welcome to Empowered Family Talk, gentlemen. Good to be with you once again, Francina. And Dr. Mafo, are you there? I am here. We're glad to have you with us uh, as we talk about today empowering our families and advancing the dream of Martin Luther King and paying it forward in the 21st century. I have a, a submittal for the table today that I like to read from one of our biblical scholars and it goes as such as in the New Testament King's imagined letter from Paul contains both praise and criticism for its audience of believers King imagines that Paul would create not just America's racial inequality but the unchristian greed and materialism that defines so much of American life. Loving Your Enemies is a 1957 King sermon based on one of the most famous passages from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Quote, You have heard that was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? 
And if you greet only your own peoples, what are you doing more for others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The question for the table becomes, could these sermons be preached today in our own churches? How might Dr. Martin Luther King have preached about these same passages today if he were still alive? And I submit to the table, where do we go from here? Jack. Well, of course, uh, that that message could be preached today. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, you know, the toughest thing that human beings have is to see the humanity in each other and to um, try to understand, yeah, that, uh, you know, we're one family. We're one family, and, and let me share this last piece, this, this submission. I, I failed to enter this piece, uh, the 1967 sermon of Martin Luther King was called, Why Jesus Called a Man a Fool, is an examination of a passage from Luke 12. Here's how Dr. Martin Luther King paraphrases that story before he began his analysis. Dr. King said, quote, I want to share with you a dramatic little story from the gospel as recorded by St. Luke. It is a story of a man who by all standards of measurement would be considered a highly successful man in life. And yet Jesus called that man a fool. If you will read that parable, you would discover that the central character in the drama is a certain rich man. This man was so rich that his farm yielded tremendous crops. In fact, the crops were so great that he didn't know what to do. It occurred to him that he had only one alternative, and that was to build some new and bigger barns so he could store all of his crops. And then he thought about it and said, I'm going to do something after I build my new bigger barns, he said. I'm going to store my goods and my fruit there. And then I'm going to say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods now, made up for many, many years. Take thine ease, eat and drink and be merry. That brother, thou, that was the end of his life. But the parable doesn't end there. With that man making his statement, it ends by saying that God said to him, Thou fool, not next year, not next week, not tomorrow, but this night thy soul is required of thee, unquote. Now, Dr. Moffo, with your uh, professorship at universities such as Duke University, uh, NC State, North Carolina Central, a rich heritage from Ghana, uh, and your pastorship, your health care ministry. How do you see us pan it forward as a society, and particularly with our young folks? Dr. Marfo, are you there? Thank you for asking me. 
Thank you for inviting me to your program and to participate in it. Yes, we have a message for the children. And you know, I'm glad that you started with a Bible passage, something for us to think about. I know the essence and the pillar of all is the family. There's the head of the family. Uh, let's take a, a tree. A tree has branches and it spreads out. And in my country, there's a, a proverb they say that so is the tree, so are the branches. So the truth of the matter is if the tree is not strong, if the tree is bent, the branches too will be bent. And farmers say that if you see a shrub coming in and it is bent, you straighten it up while it is growing. Because if you wait until it is grown, it is very difficult for you to straighten it up. And we have heard so many times that when a person has a fracture, if he's a younger person, the bone heals better and faster than when he's old. Which means that if we are using the family, the family as a nucleus, if the family structure is not strong, if the family structure is not based on Viable, healthy principles. We're not getting any word. And since you quoted some Bible passages, I want to add to what you said. St. Paul, writing to the Galatians, talk about the fruit of the Spirit mm-hmm. as against the fruits of the Spirit. When we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, It means that we have to walk in light. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, humility. Anybody who wants to read that can go to Galatians chapter Mm 5. In fact, to understand it, read the whole chapter. Read Galatians 5 and 6 to get the meaning of what we are talking about. You know, when you are hungry... You just don't eat anything called food. But you eat food that will give you the nourishment that you want. And then again, you eat food to give you a balanced food, a balanced structure for the bones and the blood and everything mm-hmm. to work well. Let me ask so you what this. you are saying... Yes. What you, what you are saying then is, what can we do to help our children or the youth to learn. Amen. Well, it starts from the home. It starts from the home. It starts from the home. Jack, did you have something you want to add here? or? No, I'm just agreeing oh, with what the doctor it, it, said. The doctor, it starts from yeah. the home. Exactly. Dr. Bonfo, um, in your experiences, uh, your vast number of experiences, uh, particularly at the universities. And when you look at where we are today, 
with our uh, youth population in our universities. How do you think uh, King's messages with restoring the family and, and the, the principles in the family first, how do you believe that translates into today's student population on these campuses as we pay it forward in a nonviolent manner? You know, facts change, but the reality doesn't change. Mm. The, 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 the definition for family has changed over time, but the nucleus structure of the family has never changed. So we are treading on dangerous grounds when we begin to assail the family or assail the church or assail the school. It is because things have changed. And you know, you know, uh, there's a, a, a story about three blind men who were supposed to be talking about somebody put an elephant there and they talked it off. I said, how does it feel? He said, it feels like an elephant. Somebody talked to you, he said, it feels like a house. Somebody talked to you, he said, it feels like a tree. Now, when you go to Revelation, for instance, they talk about the tree of life. Mm. Is that same? Is that same tree of life that God spoke of in Genesis when He created Adam and Eve? This is the tree of life. Don't touch it. If you touch it, there will be consequences, and we forget that sooner or later. We will sit at the banquet of the consequences of our own doing. We don't want to meet that. So what I'm suggesting is this. Now we have smartphones, cell phone, iPod, you call it. When, when you and I were growing up, these things were not in existence. Correct. Kids can get on the Internet and find a whole lot of things that some of us don't even know about. And so these kids are very smart. And yeah. I have faith, I have faith in the young people now because they are able to discern some things that we don't. So we shouldn't assume we are, let's say, I, I don't want to put your age on the, on, on the air, but I, I'm going to be nice to you. Let's say that you are 30 years old, and you have a five-year-old child. And you want that five-year-old child to think like you, a 30-year-old child. And Rome was not built in a day. You have to groom that child guide that child. And so you're talking about greedy or greed. Well, capitalism has a number of faces just like anything else. We are supposed to work hard. Now, when I was in the university, 
since USA, I heard some of my students say that, no, I don't have to work hard. I have to work smart. There's mm-hmm. a difference between hard and working smart. Mm-hmm. I've read some things about millionaires. Millionaires work hard. Some work 12 hours a day, 18 hours a day. Well, the truth of the matter is we've got to apportion our time, the 24 hours a day. God made it in such a way that the 24 hours a day, we use eight hours to sleep, to revive our bodies. We use some of them to work. We use some of them to rest. We use some of them to eat. And then some of them to just to relax. So we have to go back to basics. Mm. How far do you think we've gotten away from those basics in order to get those good jobs? Uh, I know when we worked together at uh, North Carolina Central with Julius Chambers, I learned a lot from him when I was there as his deputy and working with the students and the alumni during that time frame. It was in the 1990s. I think it was 1993, as I can recall. Yes. And when you, the impact that you had on that student body during my uh, tenure there with with Julius Chambers and the level of African-American leaders. You mentioned the other day, Allison Duncan, uh, uh, Watts, you know, Mel Watts, congressman, all of these black congressmen that we have in the nation today, he brought them to North Carolina Central University and expose those students to who they read about in the newspapers. Now, how do you believe today that has that message has resonated in that student body at Central today and other universities that they really get the dream that it starts at home and good work and good principles in the Bible and paying it forward for the next generation? Do you believe that occurred? Well, I I thank God that you mentioned George Allison Duncan. Yes. I knew both of her parents. Yes. They were my mentors. Her mother was the school of law librarian. She loved to read. Her father was Mr. Robert Duncan, who was the superintendent of grounds, and he loved to read. And if we fail to read, then we don't get any information. But if we get that information too, somebody has to interpret and help us to understand. Exactly. You remember the story of the uh, Ethiopian eunuch? The way he got baptized, he was reading. He was reading the Old Testament, and somebody uh, this thing. He goes, "Do you understand what you are reading?" He said, "What? How would I understand what I'm reading except that somebody interpreted for me?" We have to do a lot of interpretation for our children to understand these basics that we are talking about. And these basics we're talking about don't go too far. 
Let me give you an example. Truth and lies. We've got to tell the truth to our children so that they will learn the truth. If we tell lies to our children, they will learn how to lie. And children are very straightforward. They will tell, Mama told me, Daddy told me to tell you, but I don't believe it. But she told me to tell you. Well, there we are. So we don't want to be witnesses and prosecutors against our own words. Exactly. And the, that, is the, that is the message that, that resonated with me um, at North, at, as we met with these great leaders, civil rights leaders under Julius Chambers when we were there. Um, oh, by the way, let, let me come in here. When you talk about North Carolina Central, the motto for ter- North Carolina Central is truth and service. Amen. And Dr. We Brock should Holder, not forget truth and service we shall not forget and we shall always remember that as we prepare for a quick break uh dr mafo when we come back uh i'd like to talk about assimilation uh into the culture as a way to pay it forward in the 21st century those of us who enjoy listening to Francina on this program, we have an opportunity to meet her in person when Francina is a featured speaker at the Energy Utility Environment Conference in San Diego, March 5 through 7. In just a minute, I'll tell you how you can get half-price registration for the entire conference and hear Francina reveal what the world must know urgently about nuclear security, imminent world dangers known only by insiders. What happened to all that weapons-grade plutonium when Russia and the United States agreed to deconstruct their nuclear arsenals? And why is the Republican governor of South Carolina suing the Republican-led U.S. Department of Energy for $1 million a day over that question? Why is the ingenious program titled Megatons to Megawatts not working? And what is Russia doing in retaliation for the United States breaching that treaty with them? Is Russia responsible for the rapid advancement of nuclear weapon capabilities by North Korea? What do insiders secretly believe is the biggest threat to nuclear security worldwide? And why does nuclear safety and nuclear security demand such different disciplines? Vexing questions with constantly evolving answers. Francina is a nuclear security specialist. These and other dangerous conditions confounding the government will be clearly brought to light when she speaks at the conference. The EUEC is the country's largest energy utility environment conference expo with over 400 speakers, 2,000 attendees, and 200 exhibits. Learn more at euec.com. You can get half-price conference registration by using the code TTD when registering online. Use the VIP code TTD when you register at euec.com. Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Holrus, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. 
It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Halvers is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, by Francina Hulrus. Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. Welcome back uh, to Empower Family Talk to all of our listeners and sponsors uh, with our special featured guest, Dr. Eugene Victor Mafo, uh, Ghana American. Dr. Mafo, uh, before we left for, for our short break, we were talking, I mentioned the term, the word assimilation as we pay it forward in the 21st century. Now, I'll preface that by saying this. Uh, as you recall, during some of our work together, and one of the charges for Julius Chambers in the 90s was to assimilate whites into a predominantly black, historically black college or university. I was there at that time, and so were you. Uh, and we all remember that. Uh, and some of the challenges we had around assimilating whites into a black school. But we achieved. We accomplished. Uh, and we talk about two million Africans from the country of Africa today in the United States that have assimilated effectively and successfully, such as yourself. How do we pay it forward with assimilation in our society, particularly on our campuses today where free speech has been lifted up, as well as in our workplaces today, assimilation of different cultures, different people, different mindsets? What say you, Dr. Mafo? 
In the first, I forgot to say thank you very much for inviting me to your program. And uh, let's work together. Now, I said a couple of things to, uh, in the last segment. We were talking, or you mentioned George Alison Duncan. Yes. What I know about her, she went to Duke University Law School. Mm-hmm. But I knew her as a daughter to the parents who he respected her parents. She listened to her parents. Mm-hmm. That's why she's where she is now. And the truth of the matter, too, is that children have to be proud of their parents. So if we are proud of our parents, then we will be able to stand firm. So to assimilate anything, you've got to be proud of your roots and admire where they came from and what they have been able to do for you. I like that. You see, so respect for your own roots. And then you cannot assimilate anything that you don't understand. Now, this is not a fad. It's not, a, it, it's not child's play, as, as the vernacular goes. But it is a serious matter. We have to remember that we have to train our children to understand the world that they were born into, how it got to be where it is, so that they can also contribute to make the world better than they found it, but not to destroy it. Yes. Just and like so. Just like Dr. King said, you know, he had a dream that one day he would see his children and his grandchildren be able to walk hand in hand, black and white, and judge by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And I believe we well, had some good work together that reflected that in, um, in the charge we had to keep in assimilation. Well... Thank you very much for quoting that too. And let me let me make a couple of observations on that. What Dr. King said is that your color does not necessarily prevent you from doing any good thing. It is your ambition. And I am glad to say that coming from another culture to to another culture and seeing some of the things that I saw in my culture as opposed to some of the things that I've seen in this culture, I see that God is an equal opportunity giver. (laughs) And this is my own, I have coined it myself. Now, see, I had, when I came to Durham, the mayor of Durham was a Caucasian. Now I've lived in Durham to see two African Americans to be mayors. Things that we never thought would have happened. Mm. 
I had seen an African-American to be, in fact, two of them, to, 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 to be on the North Carolina Supreme Court. Yes. We Judge Henry Fry. Henry Fry. That's right. Uh, I know of uh, Judge uh, G.K. Butterfield. He was on the Supreme Court. Yes. I have also known people like uh, uh, Representative Mel Watts. Yes. I have known people like Representative Mickey Michaud. Yes. Representative Mickey Michaud worked with us yes. on a number of programs. Yes, he did. And 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 his father to the best of my knowledge, was one of the hardworking real estate persons in Durham. I knew him. I met him. Yes. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, some of these people, Miss, uh, 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 Mr. Michaud, Mr. John Stewart, yes, Mr. John Wheeler, yes, all of them, yes, even the Kennedys. Yes. You know, so the point that we are driving at is that we have to be in focus, know what we are trying to do, teach them what we have to do. And there's a phrase that I like so much. It's a, Stay the course. Stay the course. <laughs> generally, generally, we get off the course. And that is what I believe my understanding goes the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. meant, I had a dream. And his dream has come true, even though the dreamer has died. So we may have so many dreams. We may die, but our dreams will never die. And somebody has to lift up the touch. Yes. That's and it is our to. children. Yes, our children. So if our children are going to admire and revere and respect the legacy that we are leaving behind, we have to make sure, like the hymn says, how strong a foundation. I agree. And, you know, I don't know whether I ever shared this, uh, Dr. Mafo, but I must, uh, I recall this with Mr. Julius Chambers before he went on to heaven. I uh, sought him out uh, a few years ago and um, I said, uh, Julius, we went to lunch and I said, I need you to help me understand how can we gather the African-American leaders who are in these top positions in our government to collaborate on raising up our next generation by creating funds and opportunities for work and entrepreneurship. He looked at me, and I'll never forget these words. He said, Francina, he said, our generation today, has we become vanguards. I said, vanguards? He said, we came through the struggle. And we're all in our positions, but we didn't succession plan. 
we didn't do what we needed to do to pay it forward for these children. And I said, Julius, I'm a black woman in, in, a, in a white nuclear security world that I have never been before, and I have succeeded. And I'm looking to bring along some of our youth. He said, Francina, you own your own. That's what he said, Dr. Mafo. He said, Francina, you're on your own. He said, I'm tired. He said, I'm going home. Shortly after the Lord took him home to rest. But he said some things to me, and that came to me as we're talking about this today. And that is the passion that I carry on just from the words he gave me. How do we pay it forward? How do we collaborate and get our leaders, such as your Allison Duncans and those that are in charge today, so that we can get our young folks assimilated appropriately into our society? Can I jump in here? I think you do it by demanding that your leaders do it. You know, when we let our leaders fail to lead, we have to lead them. We have to say, your power, your position is derived from we the people. There are other folks we can turn to. We don't necessarily have to turn back to you. Yes. Uh, Another thing, and I heard the doctor briefly hit upon this. uh, People have to rely on themselves to teach their own history. No yes, one is, I agree. No one is going to teach the history of black America better than those of us who are black Americans. It, it, uh, particularly, it, it's hit me so much this past couple of weeks. Um, I was talking with someone, and uh, we were talking about the civil rights movement. And I brought up the name A. Philip Randolph. And this, and, and this person was not that much younger than I am, had never heard of A. Philip Randolph, didn't know about the uh, Pullman Porters Union and all that they did in a quiet way during the civil rights movement, didn't know that the man who actually organized much of the March on Washington in 1963, where King delivered his I Have a Dream speech, was not there. Because some members of the elite organizations said, oh, we can't have you there because you're, you're not like us. And they were not referring racially like us, but in some other ways. Uh, we, we talk a lot about King at this time of the year, But we forget there would not have been a a Martin Luther King to get national prominence if there had not been a small woman who said, my feet are tired and I'm sitting right here and nobody's going to make me move. And uh, I would like to interject in here. Uh, You have made some very sound observations here. Nobody can tell me about my mother better than me. Mm. So you you cannot tell me about my mother, and that's what you are saying. Nobody can tell you about you 
except you. I think it we both. have we have we have four gospels: the gospel according to Matthew, a gospel according to Mark, according gospel according to Luke, according to John. But we have a fifth gospel that is not written, but we see it every day. It is the gospel according to you. I like the that. way you live. And I think it's really important. Go ahead. I think it's really important that families tell their stories, tell who they That's are. Right. Uh, uh, I was talking to a cousin of mine. I just uh, did the Twenty uh, Three and Me DNA test, Francina. Oh, boy. And uh, I'm getting ready, to, and I got so much information from that, I'm getting ready to do the Ancestry DNA test that gives you even more. But the, the thing that was significant to me was I had a deeper understanding of who I am and where I came from and who brought me to where I am today. And... uh I'll never forget. Where you are, where you are, you are where you are today because you have a, a fighting spirit to succeed. Well, nobody, yeah. nobody, no doctor drinks medication for a patient. The patient has to drink it. If you have to take it three times a day, once a day, you have to remember those guidelines and do it. You don't write your own guidelines, otherwise you will not get any. You won't get your strength back, and we have talked so about. So you hit it on. You hit it on the on on on, on the note. We have the gospel talk, according to you. We have talked the about the way you live indicates how you were trained. That's right. We have talked about on this program the importance of knowing uh, who you are, and we've talked about it any number of times. And it's and it's not the big history that I think that matters so much as the little personal family history that matters. Just knowing uh, the name of your great-grandfather was a big thing for me, just finding his name out just a few years ago. Well, that's one thing that Dr. Mafo taught me and being around the uh, in his a student in his classroom, uh, he's uh, uh, one I hold in high regards in my own personal life. Is it's the importance of family. Family is a matter of the heart. There's DNA, like you said, with the ancestor DNA family, and then there is the uh, family of purpose uh, that share a shared vision and mission. Uh, to accomplish for our greater society. Dr. Mafo, um, assimilation is a, t a word and an action that we, the peoples, uh, are daily seeking, either in the workplace Especially these young kids, they're getting ready to graduate out of here in May, in a few months. You've got a ton of children coming out of these colleges. And they aren't prepared to assimilate 
into the greater society. Some are, some aren't. And that's where we, as the leaders for these children, that may not get it from the home, but they get it from professors like Dr. Mafo. Francina, from, what do you yes. mean by assimilate? Assimilate into society, regardless of the color of your skin and your background, assimilating into an environment that's different than what you're accustomed to in order to bring about a change for the greater benefit of the entities involved. Assimilation can take on many different forms, whether it's education, just like we prepared with Julius Chambers, Dr. Maffo, and several of the members he talked about recently, we had to assimilate. We had to put together a strategic plan. And this started right way before we enacted the plan, the strategic planning to assimilate white students and those that were non-black African students into an historically black college and university in the 90s, in the early 90s, was a charge to keep we had. And it was cutting edge. So we learned about assimilation, but it appears today we have integrated, we have segregated, we have discrimination, we have all of these things, but we don't talk about assimilation. And that's a key component of our mission as we pay it forward in the 21st century for our children is teaching them how to appropriately assimilate. I had one student to come to me and say, Francina, I'd like to move to Africa, South Africa. I want to assimilate into that culture from America. Can I interrupt here a, co- a minute, please? Mr. Mr. Bishop asked you, what do you mean by assimilation? And, and I don't think you have told us about your meaning of assimilation. But it appears to me that when you're talking about assimilation, you are talking about to make something similar, to make something you convert and you improve upon whatever it is. The cultural tradition, the spiritual tradition, the economic tradition, and the most important part of assimilation is your emotional strength control or strength that's right and so i believe the points the point uh, my friend and by the way thank you also for bringing me in and i heard your voice and you hearing my voice someday we will meet face to face but assimilation means absorbing Yes. What are we ab- absorbing? And both of us, you have heard that, that phrase in uh, 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 computers. Jigo, garbage in, garbage out. Yes. If you assimilate, if you absorb garbage, you're going to put out garbage. But if you assimilate something strong, then you're going to put out something strong, something worthy. So we're yes. talking about being positive and negative. Which way do we want to go? And we cannot be negative because you don't get anything out. 
Exactly. If people have brain, if people have brain, like 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 it said in scripture, if it is in the hearts of men that wars begin, then it should be in the hearts of men that peace can be found. Amen. Amen to that. And as we uh, prepare for a a short close here, uh, Dr. Mafo, I'd like for you to talk about, if you could, uh, Dr. Maya Angelou and your relationship uh, with with her. Just share with our youth and uh, some of the richness that's been left behind. They left behind gems for us, but some of us were able to interact with them during their lives here. Could you share with us a little bit of your experience there and how it relates to yes. advancing our dream? Yes. I I, uh, I met Dr. Maya Angelo when I was at NC State, North Carolina State University. She was invited to speak, and she had lived in Ghana, for a good while, so she knew some of our tradition, and he wanted somebody to come and pour libation. Libation, actually, it's what we call traditional prayer. He wanted somebody to come and offer traditional prayer, so I was invited. That's when I met Dr. Maya Angelo. The second time I met Dr. Maya Angelo was when I was Chairman of Judges Staffing, your 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 program, which brought us together more than before, and you did a, a program with uh, Duke Energy, and she was one of the uh, one of the speakers then, and so I met her again, and we took pictures together. So I knew Dr. Maya Angelo personally. Uh, and through her, I learned a, a number of things. In fact, the United States Postal Service has honored her with mm. a postage stamp. Mm. And you see her picture. You see her picture on that postage stamp. And she has a saying that has been quoted. Be a rainbow in somebody's cloud, which is very, very fantastic. And that was the kind of person she was. And I, I became very interested in uh, Dr. Angelo. So I read more and more about her, and I found out that she was also a wonderful Christian. Mm-hmm. She was, she was, she was, she was with the Unity Church in New York. And he associated herself with one of the wonderful theologians of our time, uh, a man called Eric Butterworth. Mm. And Eric Butterworth has written two, uh, several books. I've read some of them, but two of them that I like very much is one, he said, Discover the Power Within You. Mm, yes. Discover the Power Within You. Another one is Celebrate Yourself. Yes. Well, in short, it tells me that these two people are hammering on the fact that we have to be cognizant of our self-esteem. Uh, 
I don't know where this came from, but I heard this saying somewhere. He said, if you don't say I am, people, people will not say thou art. But you don't have to be boasting. True. You know, uh, 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 there's another saying, is that the sweetness of the pudding lies in its eating. And that's the reason why I told you that we have the fifth gospel, which says the gospel according to you. That's right. The oh, way you act, you know, the way you act, you interact with people, the way you respect people. I have a little girl in our church. I, I when Sometimes when I'm getting stressed out and all that, I just go out and once in a while I'll play with the machines in the, in the stores. And you see that machine that has baby dolls in, in it. And one day... I played with 50 cents, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I got this baby doll. And I said, what do I do with this baby doll? Mm-hmm. So I went to church and gave this to a young girl in that church. This is about three or four years ago. This young girl adopted me, or we adopted each other. So he calls me Grandpa Victor, and I call her Granddaughter Sadie. And she made made a calendar for me. And I have this calendar in my hand right now, and she says, Grandpa Victor is love. Nothing has challenged me and touched my heart more than that saying from that 12-year-old girl now. When I met her, she was about eight. Mm. So these kids, these kids are watching us. Yes, they are. And they are going to, you know, fear. I read a book which says fear is the dark room where our images are formed. And these kids, these kids will tell you who you are. Yes. So we don't, we don't have to, using the vernacular again, we don't have to jive with them. The last thing that I want to say on that topic too is this. I do not believe in violence. And, and Dr., Dr. King talked about violence. It is sad that we are using all this technology that is supposed to be used for doing routine things so that we can use our brain in thinking about higher things. Yes. And that's that's one of the that's one of the hymns that's one of the hymns that we, we sing in the church. Higher ground. I want to climb to higher ground. Now are we doing that? And if we are not doing that there are some homes that violence start all from morning to night. Daddy and mama are fighting all the time, using foul language. But there are some homes, too, where there is peace. They start with prayers on their lips and end the day with prayers on their lips. This is what it is. And I tell you, there was a... a the, the, there is a, a medical doctor that I, 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 I respect very much that I've been in contact with for a good while. He is called Dr. Larry 
Dorsey. And he wrote a book. He said, prayer is medicine. Well, one of my former professors, too, he wrote a book about the healing of persons and the nature of persons. He's a, 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 a Swiss, he was a Swiss uh, psychiatrist, Paul Tony. You know, so we have to know the meaning of us. Yes. Who am I? What am I here for? Yes. Yes. You see, and some of us, some of us don't know who we are and what we are here for. But God put us on this. Just think of who you are. Just God put us there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes. You guys never thought. Go ahead. You guys never thought we would ever cross. And I never thought I would ever meet you. But look at what God has done. Here we are. I hate to break in here right now, but we've got to take a break. Can we pick this up in just a moment? Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. Thanks, Francina. I'm Colonel Mason, Managing Editor of the Science News Radio Network. We can meet Francina in person at the Energy Utility Environment Conference in San Diego, March 5 through 7. In just a minute, I'll tell you how you can get half-price registration for the entire conference and hear Francina reveal what the world must know urgently about nuclear security. Imminent world dangers known only by insiders. Whatever happened to all that weapons-grade plutonium when Russia and the United States agreed to deconstruct nuclear arsenals? And why is the governor of South Carolina suing the U.S. Department of Energy for $1 million a day over that question. Why is megatons to megawatts not working? What is Russia doing in retaliation for our breaching that treaty? What is the biggest threat to nuclear security worldwide? Get answers when Francina speaks at the conference. And get half-price conference registration by using the code TTD. Use the VIP code TTD when you register online at EUEC.com. Okay, well, guys, welcome back to Empower Family Talk with our special featured guest, Dr. Eugene Victor Mafo. And uh, Dr. Mafo, as we wrap up our uh, last segment here, we certainly like to for you to continue to speak on the subject that. Uh, 
we left on uh, how important the family is, the family tree, and as we pay it forward uh, in the 21st century. Hello? Are you there? Yes. Were you able to? Well, go ahead. Uh, finish your sentence. Just repeat what you said, Francina. Oh, as we move, this is our segment here, and as we uh, look to pay it forward and advance the train in the 21st century, can you talk about how important family is in in making that happen, uh, particularly for our youth today? Well, you are a prime example of what we're talking about, the family. You are pursuing the dream of your father. And this is what we are talking about. Our fathers have put a lot of things in place that we need to think about and improve upon. Well, Proverbs is one of the very important books in the Bible. I said one of them. And when you read Proverbs, you will find a lot of interesting, healthy, encouraging ideas that will make you wonder whether you are using your life or you're living your life prosper properly or what. But Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28, it said, Do not remove the landmarks your, your ancestors have put in place. We are circumventing everything. But you see, Jesus said, I and my father are one. I was with him in the beginning of creation. And I referred to Revelation earlier. And when you come to the the, the, uh, Revelation, he says that, I have overcome the world. I am successful, and I am still with my father. You see. So, what I'm trying to say is this: Let's find out what our families stand for. Even if our families didn't stand for anything, which I doubt seriously, anybody coming to that conclusion, because our families stood for something. Yes. And one of the prayers that we tend to forget or we do not particularly assimilate very much is the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And somewhere it says, where there's hatred, let me plant love or let me plant unity. You know? And this German, this German, uh, a theologian has a prayer that I like very much. Now, listen, those listening, I am not preaching religion or church. I am preaching the healthy knowledge in literature that we have learned or have been raised with. And so, (laughs) if we are okay with that assessment, then let's go on. Now, Dr. Newber has this prayer. He said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. 
the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. With this serenity, I shall live one day at a time, enjoy one moment at a time, accept hardships as the pathway to peace, take as Christ did this imperfect world as it is, and not as I would have it be, trusting that God will make all things right if I surrender to his will. So shall I be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with God in the next. Well, this is a very short uh, 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 program that we are doing, but we have talked about a number of important things. If anybody wants me to to talk about these things to them, them this is my telephone number. Yes. 919-606-3712. I repeat, my telephone number is 919-606-3712. And my email address is emafo, spelled M-A-A-F-O, emafo, at nc.rr.com. I've enjoyed you join, inviting me to join your, pro, your program, and I also want to make a difference. That's the reason why I've given you my telephone number and my email. Anyway, I can be a part of the team. Yes. Please yes. let me know. Yes. God bless you, and continue the hard work, but it is easy, because you said something about, oh, my soul. Well... We have a hymn. Baptists have a, in fact, it is a hymn that is sung all over the denominations. He said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? Mm-hmm. There's light for a look at the Savior and a life more abundant and it is free. Thank you again. Thank you, God Dr. bless Martin. you. Mm. And more power to you for the Kate's Foundation. Thank you so much, Dr. Eugene Victor Mafo. And there he is. Thank you very much for being with us. Jack, I think we're ready to. We've had a wonderful discussion and uh, conversation with uh, our good friend, Dr. Mafo. Uh, and I guess we're at a time where we need to bring it to a close. Is that right? So I'd like to leave our listeners and our uh, audience with a special poem uh, that's by uh, Dr. Maya Angelou. And the poem is entitled, Still I Rise. Yes. You may write me down in history with bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room just like moons and like suns 
with the certainty of tides. Just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bow wed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling down like teardrops? Weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard. Cause I laugh. Like I've got gold mines. Digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still. Like air. I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the mating of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame I rise up from a past that's rooted in pain I rise I'm a black ocean leaping and wide Welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. <coughs> I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope. Of the slave. I rise, I rise, and I rise. You've been listening to Empowered Family Talk with your hostess, Francina Haldress. Be sure and join us next week and every week at this time for the program that brings you practical answers to the questions of the 21st century. For Empowered Family Talk, I'm Jack Bishop.